This podcast was recorded on the lands of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to all elders past and present and honour their history, cultures and traditions of storytelling. Hello and welcome to Pep Talk. I'm Caroline Hugel, your host and chief cheerleader. I know firsthand the value of a good pep talk. After more than two decades in the corporate world across Sydney, London and New York, I remain grateful for the pep talks that gave me perspective, confidence and helped steer me in the right direction. The Pep Talk podcast will give you the nudge you didn't know you needed in around 10 minutes, enough time to take a quick walk around the block while you're listening. It shares advice, experience and wise counsel from brilliant women connected to the world of media, communications and the arts. The first series of Pep Talk recognises the wonderful organisation, Fitted for Work, a not-for-profit that helps disadvantaged women get work and keep it through mentorship and other work readiness programs. Fitted for Work's social enterprise, SheWorks, offers a recruitment solution for creating diverse workforces. You can find out more at fittedforwork.org. In this penultimate episode of Series 1 of Pep Talk, I speak with the excellent Cindy Gallup, who speaks with me all the way from New York. Cindy spent decades in the world of advertising at one of the most iconic agencies in the world, BBH, before she founded If We Ran The World, a brand business consultancy that helps people raise their game in any field. In her words, she likes to blow shit up and make it better. Ten years ago, she founded Make Love Not Porn, a social sex video sharing platform with a mission to make it easier for everyone in the world to talk openly and honestly about sex, to promote better communication, consent, good sexual values and good sexual behaviour. No small task. I first met Cindy during the time I lived in New York, around 2015. I interviewed her for How Did She Get There, my website that showcases amazing women and their career successes. She invited me to her apartment where I sat, heavily pregnant with my first child, in awe of her tenaciousness and passion. If you've been in her company, you know what I mean, it stands out and it's not something you witness every day. Anyway, about six weeks later, I gave birth to a baby girl and Cindy sent me a card. This is what it said. Dear Beatrix, welcome to the world. I hope with the work we achieve with Make Love Not Porn, when you grow up, your first sexual experience will be a positive one. I burst out laughing, but as I clung to my one-week-old baby, the imperfection of the world and the importance of Cindy's work took hold of me, and I felt fiercely protective. And that's Cindy. She's fiercely protective of what's right in the world, on making the world a better place, especially for women. She's a warrior, an icon, and incredibly generous with her time and support. Hello, Cindy. It's very exciting to speak with you all the way from New York. Are you able to explain your career path to date and how you reflect on it and have thought about how it's led you to today and what you're doing? Um, Sure. So my background is 37 years working in brand building, marketing and advertising, Um, 16 of those for the global creative agency Bartle Bogle Hegarty BBH, uh, for whom I you know, began working with them in London in 1989, um, ran big global pieces of business like Coca-Cola, Ray-Ban, Polaroid, moved to Singapore in 1996 to help start up and run BBH Asia Pacific. And I, I'm here in, in New York because I moved here 24 years ago to start up 
BBH New York for them, which began as me in a room with a phone, starting an advertising agency in the world's toughest advertising marketplace. Um, I left the corporate world in 2005 um, to work for myself. And today I'm the founder and CEO of Make Love Not Porn. We are pro-sex, pro-porn, pro-knowing the difference. We are the world's first and only user-generated, human-curated social sex video sharing platform. The way to think about us is if porn is the Hollywood blockbuster movie, Make Love Not Porn is the badly needed documentary. We're a unique window onto the funny, messy, loving, wonderful sex we all have in the real world. We are socializing and normalizing sex in the real world, bringing it out into the sunlight, making it easier to talk about, to promote consent, communication, good sexual values, and good sexual behavior. And so we're pioneering the social sex revolution. The revolutionary part is not the sex, it's the fact we're making it social. And when you ask me if I reflect on my career, the answer is I don't. Everything in my life and career has happened by accident. My ex-boss at BBH, John Hegarty, has this great mantra, do interesting things and interesting things will happen to you. And that's very much how I've lived my life. Make Love Not Porn was a complete accident. It came out of my personal experience dating younger men and realizing 14, 15 years ago now that when we don't talk openly and honestly about sex in the real world, porn becomes sex education by default in not a good way. That's what led to Make Love Not Porn. But as I say, I didn't consciously intentionally set out to do anything I very bizarrely find myself doing. I have a sunglasses case that says on it, don't look back, you're not going that way. And that's my philosophy. What do you think is a monumental obstacle that you've overcome as it relates to your career? Oh, um, that's very simple. Socialising sex. You know, founding Make Love Not Porn 13 years ago, turning it into a business that does good and makes money simultaneously. You know, in the past 10 years that we've been operating as a business, I have taken Make Love Not Porn to heights of social and business acceptance no other sex-related venture has ever achieved. Um, and so I would say that, you know, the biggest obstacle that I've overcome is how f***ed up we all are about sex. What advice would you give to Cindy, who's just about to enter the workforce? Start working for yourself a damn sight sooner. There's nothing I regret about my career, but if there's anything I would have done differently, I would have started working for myself a whole lot sooner than I actually did. Working for yourself is the only way to be. Wow. Can you talk a bit more about that? Why has it been so fulfilling? Too many people make the enormous mistake of thinking that a job is the safe option. It's not. Because in a job, you are at the complete mercy of management changes, industry downturns, marketplace dynamics. I always say to people, whose hands would you rather place your future in? Those of a large corporate entity who at the end of the day doesn't give a shit about you, or somebody who will always have your best interests at heart, i.e. you. And especially today, and especially for women, the opportunity to start your own business and work for yourself is wide open. Because at the top of every industry is a closed loop of white guys talking to white guys about other white guys. And while that continues, those white guys cannot innovate and disrupt. They're stuck in the old world order. In every industry, there's the huge opportunity to apply the female lens 
to identify what you think is missing that should be there, what you would love to be able to use in the industry that nobody has created, what you think you could uniquely bring to the table for the industry that nobody else has, and then start that for a couple of reasons. The first is that, you know, when I exhort women to start their own businesses, I deliberately articulate it as start your own industry. Because when you start your own business, you can make that business work any way you want it to. You can design it around the work-life balance that you want to have. You can design it around exactly how you want to live and work. And when you do that, you are starting the industry that we all want to live and work in. And then the second reason you should start your own industry, identify that huge gap in the market through the female lens, is because, as I said earlier, that closed loop of white guys talking to white guys but other white guys cannot innovate and disrupt but they sure as hell can acquire innovation and disruption. When you identify the market opportunity nobody else has, when you start a business that successfully leverages that, you won't even have to run that business successfully for all that long before giant company X in your industry buys it from you for an absolute goddamn shit ton of money. And that is the quickest path to wealth creation for women in any industry. And on that front, Caroline, I just want to make our listeners aware of a very useful resource um, in the context of what I've just said. I recommend that everybody listening to this goes to Alexis Grant's fantastic media platform and resource center, theygotacquired.com. Alexis started They Got Acquired to celebrate business exits that are not the gigantic Silicon Valley, you know, unicorns exiting for billions. Um, they got acquired specifically celebrates and provides case studies for and help with exits along a spectrum ranging from $100,000 to 50 million. At every point along that spectrum is life-changing amounts of money for founders. And so they got acquired is just a fantastic resource and inspiration for anybody starting their own business who wants to see how they could actually make an exit a lot sooner than they think and for a life-changing amount of money. What's one thing you walked past earlier in your career and wouldn't walk past today? The opportunity to start my own business. Because I've, I've had... A number of people have wanted to, in the advertising world, start agencies with me. And when I look back now, I should have, I should have done that. I'd like to talk about your, your counsel and who you surround yourself with. I believe, you know, you're an, the most incredible networker and I gain a lot of inspiration from you and how you connect with people. Who are the people in your life who have provided you with wise counsel? Who do you go to when you know, either, you know, you're needing a push or you're wanting advice. So, um, you know, I'm lucky enough to have a wonderful circle of extremely close friends, all of whom are very successful in business in their own ways, that I can absolutely ask for advice. I think, uh, you know, I want to give a huge shout out to my very dear friend of many years, um, Katerina Scoburn, who is a brilliant um, London-based um, consultant. And by the way, for anybody listening, um, she is a fantastic presentation and speaking coach. Um, she has a section of her practice 
which is called Be Your Best Remote Self, which obviously really took off um, in the pandemic and in lockdown. She coaches people on how to come across very effectively presenting, speaking, pitching, you know, talking anyway remotely, as well as IRL. Um, you can find her at katerinascoburn.com or find her on LinkedIn. But um, she has been the most wonderful pro bono consultant to me on Make Love Not Porn for many years. And um, honestly, you know, I absolutely don't know what I would do on that business without her. So I want to give her a big shout out in this context. What's the response been to Make Love Not Porn? We hear every day from our members at Make Love Not Porn telling us we change their lives. Because an, as an utterly unique business, Make Love Not Porn has an utterly unique superpower. We have the ability to change people's sexual attitudes and behavior for the better in a way that nothing else on the internet can. Um, so just you know, getting those responses from our community absolutely keeps me going. And then the other thing that keeps me going is the thing that most motivates me through you know, all you know, difficulties is the dynamic that I characterize as I'm going to well show you. You tell me it can't be done. I'm going to well show you. You put an obstacle path. I'm going to well show you. I have to take all of those daily obstacles, demoralization, depression, and turn them into motivation and inspiration. And that is a very powerful force. What pet talk do you need the most? I've been asked in many interviews, Cindy, you know, um, what are the qualities that you think a successful entrepreneur, successful founder should have? And my answer is always the same. Persistence, resilience, and the ability to manage your own mind. And over 13 years of fighting the battle to build and grow Make Love Not Porn, I've gotten very good at managing my own mind. So... I'm very good at giving myself, you know, pep talks, if you like. But really, um, it's more about absolutely taking it a day at a time. And then, you know, if things are enormously stressful, what I do is I go, okay, Cindy, today, you are only allowed to stress about one thing. I know you've got, oh, my God, this and oh, my God, that. But today, we will pick one at the absolute most, two we'll pick one or two things to stress about. And those are the things we're going to solve today and everything else can wait till tomorrow. What's your advice for listeners wanting to ask for a pay rise and, and where do they start? I've been giving this advice for literally decades and it works. The amount you ask for is always the highest amount you can say out loud without actually bursting out laughing. I hear every week from people, especially women, who say, oh my God, Cindy, I did that and it worked. Entering those conversations for someone who is in an organisation and knows their worth, how can they manage those com conversations when they might not have kind of the confidence to guide that and, and ask? Um, two things. The first is people value you at the value you are seen to put on yourself. You need to walk into that negotiation projecting your value. If you you know, go in nervous and shuffling and um, then you are going to get absolutely nowhere. If you know your worth, you have to project it. So people value you at the value you are being seen to put on yourself. And then the second thing is, all you're doing is you are having a business conversation. 
Your company hired you because you are good at business. They want you to be good at business because on their behalf, they require you to be a really tough negotiator with whoever you are working with for the company as your clients, as the people on the other side, whatever you're doing for them, your company expects you to be a very good business person. Negotiating your own salary is where you demonstrate you are a very good business person. This is a business conversation and it's where you demonstrate your business skills. You step up to the plate, you negotiate, you demonstrate that you are good at business. You make the business case for your pay raise, like you make a business case for anything else. I'd like to talk about hiring people. You have an amazing team. Um, I, I see you build them up and I see the diversity in them. How do you hire great people and build great teams? Two things. First of all, I operate the same hiring philosophy we operated at BBH when I was there for 16 years. Um, our people have to be two things, nice and great. And you can't have one without the other. You have to be very, very good at what you do and you have to be a very nice person. And then secondly, again, a question I've been asked many times over the years is what makes a great leader? And my answer to that is always the same. A great leader puts their people ahead of themselves. Always focus on doing what is right for your people, on absolutely, you know, giving them the room to use their own talents and skills to achieve what, what you need them to achieve for the business. Always put your people ahead of yourself. And by the way, this is also a reason not to get bogged down in your own insecurity. Insecure people only think about themselves. What advice do you have for people in the workplace or in life who may lack the confidence to speak up? I'm a great believer in microactions because I believe that change happens from the bottom up, not the top down. Every one of us every day taking microactions, microactions are small, simple, easy to do actions, so easy to do, why wouldn't you do them? Every one of us, Taking microactions every day to change what we want to see change cumulatively adds up at scale to enormous impact. And when I talk about microactions, I explain to people that there is one microaction that everybody can do. It requires no special skills, no training, no experience, but it is the one microaction that the moment you start taking it will most dramatically transform your life and your career for the better. And it's very simply this say what you think. No, really, say what you really think. That's what you need to do in the workplace and in business. Because again, your company hired you for your unique skills and talents, what you uniquely bring to the table. You are doing them a disservice. You are not realizing your, your full value if you do not say what you really think. So always say what you think. My last question, what's next? So... I've managed to keep Make Love Not Porn operational for 10 years on just $3 million of funding. That's an extraordinary feat. The time has now come to raise serious funding, to scale the core business, makelovenotporn.tv, and to build out what I'm calling the Make Love Not Porn universe, a series of product extensions that act as a social sex ecosystem as growth engines to turbocharge the growth 
of the core business and its revenue. So I'm um, currently working to raise $20 million. And if anybody listening either is or knows an investor who gets how transformative and financially lucrative Make Love Not Porn has the opportunity to be, um, then hook a sister up, Cindy at makelovenotporn.com. Cindy, I, I wish you the very best. Thank you for your time today. Absolute pleasure. And, you know, if people like what I've said, please go to makelovenotporn.tv, um, sign up. It's free. Check us out. And subscriptions start at just $10 a month. It's very affordable. So please support us and make Aussie love not porn. That's it for this episode of Pep Talk. In the next episode, I'll chat with Donna DeSwart, Managing Director of Fitted for Work, the incredible not-for-profit we've partnered with on this first series of Pep Talk. Pep Talk is produced in partnership with Weld Stories. And remember, you can find all our interviews on howdidyougetthere.com. And if you've enjoyed this Pep Talk and you feel cheered on, tell your friends and give us a review. I'm Caroline Hugel. Speak with you again soon.